On this episode of AV Week, Extron has what they're calling is the industry's first 444 4K scaler. Cisco has gotten into the AVB TSN marketplace with a brand new switch. And Polycom is getting bought by another company. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Display Note. This is AV Week. Episode 242, recorded Friday, April 15th, 2016. The V in AVB. Ready. AVAV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host for the day. With us this week, Mr. Bill Brown. He is a technology strategist for BD Brown. How are you, sir? I am doing great, sir. It's a pleasure to be here. Also with us is Mr. Chris Bosch, System Support Engineer with Extron. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, and also, you two are, are, are veterans at this, but this young man is not, so please be nice to him. He's a little a bit of an introvert. His name is Joe, <laughs> Joe Cornwall. Yes, uh, he, is a, he is a technology evangelist for Legrand. Welcome, sir. Great to be here. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, let's have some fun. Yeah, Joe's actually, Joe's a really good guy. I met him for the first time in person uh, out in Anaheim, actually, uh, at the, the Infocom, uh, Infocom Connection. So. Good guy. Um, real great quick, show. huh? That was a great show too. That was a, a good show. Yeah, it was. It was a good show. It was the first time I had ever done the the regional one with with uh, with uh, Infocom. So, it was a good show. Uh, real quickly, guys, and and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, honestly, because I don't know enough, and I'll be very frank. Um, early this morning, uh, late this morning, a company called Mitel announced that they're going to pick up. Uh, they're going to acquire Polycom. Now, uh, in the AV space mytel is is uh, and my tech actually is a company owned by um and ran by atlas sound this is mytel not so this has nothing to do with atlas and and um and uh john and and, and lloyd ivy this is mytel it's a canadian company based out of ottawa uh they're picking up um polycom for about um or the the company for about 1.9 billion with a b dollars uh, mostly stock and, and cash However, I'll say that as the news, I don't have enough information about the company. I've been trying to research it since it came out, um, and I don't have enough to honestly make, make a good um, estimation of what exactly this is going to mean. So, give you the news, Mytel is acquiring Polycom. There it is. Uh, as far as doing what we would do on a normal basis like this is, is give you context. I unfortunately cannot do that right now because uh, I don't have enough information about the, the purchasing company. Right. If this was Polycom buying Mitel, we could commiserate about, you know, what all that means, but we don't. So, all right, uh, next up then, 
Um, uh, this, is, this is the part where we get to beat up on Chris. Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> I got a call this week uh, from our, our, my, my really good friend, uh, Christine Fowler, over at Extron, saying, hey, we got this new, this new cool thing. It's called, um, it, it's called a scaler, and it scales things. I'm being a little bit silly. Um, but it's amazing. I, it's amazing. It, it you know takes signals and, and makes them bigger and smaller. Um, so Extron's come out with with what they're saying is is the first industry's first 4K 60. That's 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 60 frames a second. In case you're you're not an, a video guy and gal uh, at 444 for HDMI. I have two fra- two versions of this. Uh, one's got one HDMI in, one HDMI out. The other one has got two in and two out. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one, Chris. So far, so good. All right. Um, so, so here's the thing: it, it you can you can take it and you can take 4K in, and you can spit out 1080p. You can adjust the frame rate if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, can you adjust the color from 444 to something else? You can. Okay. So that, basically, I, anything to anything. It's a okay. Swiss Army knife. It's a problem solver. Okay, well, that's a good, very good, very nice, uh, nice transition there, Chris. Because I'm going to ask you that very question: What problem does this solve? Well, for the most part, these kinds of boxes I see going in places where you've got things like recorders or hard codecs. We're talking Polycom boxes. We're talking Cisco boxes, life size. You name it. Something we don't know for a fact will take any resolution on planet Earth that it could get asked to deal with, especially if you have an aux plate that some guest of the week shows up with a laptop and connects up into. So it takes whatever and makes it whatever. So if you know for a fact that this device you're going to send the signal to can take 1080p 60, for example, day in and day out, then you take whatever you've got and you make it that. And when you switch from one source over the other upstream, you also get a faster and better transition. So it's cleaner and it's an insurance policy. It basically hedges your bets and covers your bases. All right. Uh, Mr. Brown, same kind of question to you. What, uh, from your basic assessment of it, what, uh, what problem do you think that this may or may not solve? I think the, um, a lot of the legacy issues that I've been dealing with, um, and, um, People really um, not having the resources to uh, um, to make major uh, technology, um, ex- you know, s- expenses or, so- or or something to really create. Okay, I want to be able to do something, but I don't have the money to replace everything in my system. Um, and you know, and this this piecemeal mentality that. Um, um, that people have gotten used to, um, I think this is this solves that. It it really, if you look at it, and it's not built as not just the latest of greatest, but the something that will move you to where our industry is going, um, and it's something where we're going to what we're going to expect. I so I I think that I guess the fear of not being I guess. It go back to the trains, you know, that you missed the train yeah. on 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 something. I think this is something that will help in that. So it's a it's a it's a transition device almost. Yes. Okay. Uh, Mr. Cornwall, uh, first up here, what's uh, what do you think that this is this could could solve in the future? 
I think, frankly, I think this is an exciting product. I think that this is a, a, a brilliant product uh, to hit the market when it did. We've been talking for a while now. You know that I focus a large part of my life on looking at desktop solutions, and particularly USB Type-C coming down the path, and 4K. Yep. And one of the things that's been missing in infrastructure is the ability to do a 32-bit uh, connection to, for us to be able to scale to what I'm currently getting on my tablet and, and uh, you know, my, my Chromebook and, and things like that, which are all running in ostensibly a 32-bit uh, uh, 4K environment. So this is nice because this now gives us, if we look at products that, for instance, are a, a scaler that take VGA to digital, yep. that's a bridge to the legacy technology of the past. This is actually a bridge, uh, as Bill was saying, to the, the technology of the future. So this is a nice way to come into a system that either doesn't have uh, a 32-bit backplane or to start working within a 32-bit environment and have the ability to, to uh, connect to other devices. So, great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Our pleasure. I was going to say, yeah, Chris, this is where you take full credit and say, you're welcome, Joe. Absolutely. And yeah. Extron with more than 2,000 employees worldwide. I was pivotal in the operation of this project. But <laughs> The other thing that this box gets you that doesn't get, I think, all the fanfare it could is it allows you to keep distributing signals through existing infrastructure. We talk about yeah. extenders with copper or with fiber, and today there really aren't a lot of extenders out there, period, for 18 gigabit. We're talking 4K60, 444, HDMI 2.0 kind of stuff. Absolutely. That's a message that you know I've been harping on now for, for quite a while. As a matter of fact, if you're putting something behind the walls, it needs to last for five, six, seven years, yep. however long it's going to be for me to no longer be responsible for the installation, whatever <laughs> period of time that is. So, yeah, you have to have infrastructure that can do that. Right now, the infrastructure that does that is invariably based in glass. Mm -hmm. well, so let me ask you guys this. So this is one of the things that, that I've gotten pushed back on when I've, when I've at least tried to research 444, right? And for those of you who aren't interested in, in color spec, you know, skip ahead five minutes and we'll talk about something else. <laughs> um, what exactly is 444? Like what source? Um, because that's one of the things. When I started talking about 4K and started talking about this move, um, good friends, right? And, and you, you do this in, in somewhat ribbing, but also somewhat, you know, in seriousness. <laughs> They're like, well, where's the, where's the content? Where's the content? And, I, you know, I get that, right? So I'll ask you guys, where's the content that is actually native 444? It's right um, there on your computer. Well, oh, let's say that's it. That, that The computer source is absolutely where it's at. Yep. Um, and so for medical I get and for some other ones, but is is it is it just is that what we're looking at is you have to make sure that you're you're converting or, or you're um, transporting processing, you know, yep. the computer signal? Yeah, you wanna be capable of not molesting any source that goes through your system basically. You want it to go out at least as good as what it came in as. And in a residential scenario where you've got sources that are full motion video for the most part, shiny happy people sea turtles in the ocean, something like that. 422 and 420, which we're talking about for chroma sampling, holds up well. You'd be hard-pressed in most cases to tell the difference. But when we talk about professional jobs where we've got either some document or some website or some spreadsheet or some map, it's very obvious when you start crushing that detail. You'll see text with a white background and black text, and you'll see these rainbow pixels just of random noise around there from that crushing. So that's what we want to avoid with these kinds of scalers. If I've got 444 coming in, 
and 444 going out, the meat in the middle needs to also be 444 for it to keep that. Okay, very good. No, I, Chris, I had, a, I had a quick question for um, Chris. I, I guess and sometimes in, in our industry, I, I think we, um, we are, there's an expectation that we're the smartest guys in the room and we're going to come in and tell you what you need, what you want, and everything like that. And in this product, um, I wanted to know, Chris, if this was something that, okay, we're going to get ahead of everybody else and tell you what it is, or we're, we have been listening to customers and end users and people out in the field, and this is why this was created. It's the latter. So I am one of a dozen plus field engineers that go out, either commission things, troubleshoot things, or just show off things. And I bring that feedback back take that to, to product development and engineering and marketing, and then they decide what to prioritize. So this is a direct result of that feedback that I give and other people give. And we've had boxes like this for years, but now we've got HDCP 2.2 happening, we've got HDMI 2 happening, so and 4K. So we have to make a newer iteration of it to support that, and that's what this box does. But the need hasn't changed like we're talking about for or I was talking about for the video conference codecs and stuff. We just made a newer, better, bigger box that did the same thing. All right, very good. All right, uh, as as technology moves along, we'll we'll keep moving with this one. Um, so before I start this story, real quickly, I've I have a little bit of a of a cold. If you've never listened to AV Week, my voice is not nearly this deep. Uh, it's about an octave higher. The Barry White is in full. The Barry White, yes, Barry. <laughs> um, so part of my, my travels this week, I picked up something along the way, was to hanging out with, with the Avenue Alliance folks and the, the TSNA. So as you're, you're likely to do, you'll, you'll hear things in the hallways and this, that, and the other. And, and so I'd heard this story and really hadn't done much with it until the very next day when Cisco actually made this very announcement. So let's kick this one off. Cisco announcing the fact that they're going to have an AVB-TSN switch. Now, this is significant for a couple of reasons. Number one, Cisco is, if they're not the biggest switch manufacturer in the world, they're the almost biggest. So let's say they're second. One or two. I'm not officially, you know, I'm not going to say yes, absolutely. Second, They've been a part of the Avenue Alliance, I believe, from, since the very beginning. They were one of the founding members. And one of the biggest knocks from people like me against AVB and TSN for the last four or five years is the fact that, hey, you've got all these great switches, and the, the first one that was that, uh, that's uh, certified is, is Extreme Networks. You've got all these switches from other people, but you have a company who makes switches, Right who is a huge switch manufacturer, who is the de facto in Cisco, and they don't have a switch. So what does that say about your technology? You know, What does that say about the longevity? What does that say about uh, interconnectivity and, and all this other stuff? Now Cisco has, has announced it. And um, what's interesting is I ended up having a conversation with one of the Cisco reps, and they were chatting with a number of us that were in the AV part. Um, yeah, Biamp was there, and, and a couple other folks were there, asking us, you know, what's the market? Uh, what are the verticals? What do we think? You know, what what's this, the possible saturation of AVB? So, Bill, we're going to start with you on this. Mm -hmm. What does this say um, to the AV community? Uh, 
that Cisco has now gotten on board and, and, and is going to start making an, an actual AVB-enabled switch? Well, um, I think, one, that they've been listening or they have been seeing what's what's going on. I there's there's a part of me when you know when you were asking the question is you know like, hey they're the they're the big boys on switches why weren't you know why were they doing um, it why yeah. weren't they doing it sooner and I I think in some cases and I you know I'm not in internal but it had the feeling of okay we're not going to compete with anything that we have here let's see what others can do and then we'll come in and save the day or we'll come in and make it better or we're kind of it's kind of kind of prove how smart they are i don't i don't know you know yeah. like, no. um no type of thing so it's kind of an, an interesting kind of dynamic but um they have been watching and listening and and now this is the time to make the move all right mr cornwall what does this what does this say about uh to the av industry that cisco is jumping in this you know, if you haven't noticed lately, the AV industry has become uh, very much part of the IT industry. This is a, bit. This is a long-going trend. Uh, um, half a century, I think, really is where it started to go. But when I look at it, this is it's the Internet of Things. Of course, Cisco is going to go down this path, and I think that we're going to see more of this. One of the things I stress when I'm uh, talking to uh, uh, you know various groups around the country and, and indeed around the world is that the point of AV now is the last 100 meters between the network drop and the human imagination. So having oh, yeah. AV going through this, not only is it no surprise, we've seen this coming, and, and the only thing that keeps surprising me is we call it AVB, and I, I don't see where the V is in there. But <laughs> <clears throat> I, I have a comment for that that I would probably get sued for. So Comments have been made on your podcast to that um, effect before. Yes, but these would be different. So Oh. Uh, yes. Chris, go ahead and save me from myself. That's okay. Well, I thought a couple of things that Joe already said, which uh, Bill already said, that it's inevitable that Cisco is going to get involved here. I mean, if you go through that article, they make no more than or no less than probably three separate mentions that for the best results, you could use our Cisco this, that, and the other switch, mm -hmm. not only as your core switch, but as your edge switch. We have the most data pipe uh, per port uh throughput in the industry if you go with this model series and this and that but there was a lot of good information in there too I thought it was well written so yeah the comment was made earlier that they come off as the experts and they do in that article so it's justification for their existence in that you should use these switches for best results and move towards this direction get those dinosaur appliances out of there and put everything over IP and call it a day yeah the the, the here's the thing the Everybody, I shouldn't say everybody. There's a lot of folks working Extron's one, a number of, of competitors, direct competitors for them, as, as well as others, that have put video on, on the network. And we're doing that now today, too. I was going to say, you guys are doing it. Several people are doing it. Nobody's doing it yet that I'm aware of in, in, in using the AVB TSN protocol. Um, you guys use um, <coughs> HD Base T. A lot of people do as well. And H264. And H264 and... and, and um, they're streaming and stuff like that. Yep. We're getting to the point, Cisco doing this is actually kind of impressive, um, where a lot of folks are getting into video over the network. Um, I would be shocked if by the end of the of the year, we didn't have something from somebody. Let me just put it that way. 
uh, absolutely shocked, especially with this announcement from Cisco. Because now manufacturers can go, here's a box from us, here's a box from Cisco, yep. knock yourself out. Right. So It should work. Yeah, it, it, it should work. <laughs> All right. Um, up next, from our friends over at CNET. So, Bill, or, uh, uh, Joe actually mentioned USB-C. If you're not familiar with this, holy cow, is this cool, right? You've got power. You've got data, obviously, with the regular USB. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you have video. Um, so the latest iteration of um, the I, the uh, iPad, good Lord, the Apple Mac Air, yep. this is what it's got, right? Um, all and kinds of jack, and that's it. Yeah, that's it, a USB-C jack. Um, Joe, when it comes to this connectivity and doing things with the USB type C standard, is this something where guys like Chris are going to have to start making USB C switches? Uh, and oh, God, yeah. oh, oh God, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, USB C is going to have, I think, a similar impact on the AV industry to what we experienced with HDMI. HDMI was one heck of a roller coaster ride, and if we think about it from the perspective of 2016, you go back 10 years ago, nobody on the commercial side wanted HDMI, thought it was going to amount to anything, and yet today, it's the most ubiquitous AV connector on the planet. I mean, it's 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 that strong, and it's still growing. Um, we're moving into a 4K world. This is the way that we integrate mobile devices with the fixed assets in that 4K world. And I think what we have to really look at is you know, we talk about uh, um, convergence of technology and, and so forth and so on and the Internet of Things. I think of this as technology, uh, kind of technology creep or technology expansion to where now we are seeing the inclusion of active chipsets in cables and in yeah. intermediary devices where we never saw processing power or this kind of communication requirement before. And it's because we're doing so much over such a small cable with such high requirements for performance. So I don't know what there's if there's a word for it, but I think USB Type-C is the tip of a pyramid that's going to have us seeing act, very powerful active devices becoming part of what used to be passive pathways. Okay. Uh, Mr. Bosch, when is Extron releasing their USB Type-C switcher? Well, I'm sorry, I had podcast. to. How's that? There are over 500 engineers across the street that uh, could answer that question, but uh, that is not. I'm going to uh, get a yeah, call my... from Christine. Aren't well, I? you know, no. The way to look at it is really it's a DisplayPort switcher because oh, okay. that's yeah. the Type C. So think of one of the, the the ways I look at this is think of wheels within wheels, right? USB yeah. Type C is on the gizmos that are in your pocket, and they connect to DisplayPort and HDMI, which go a right. little longer, which connect to HD Base T or AV over IP, which go even longer than that. But you're still going to need some sort of adapter of in course. that scenario to get to that. So we can't get away from the dongle. Uh, we're nope. not going to be putting power matrix switching in there, I imagine, in that scenario, which is the uh, unfortunate drawback of that unibody-style new MacBook we're talking about. You have to have a dongle to do darn near anything at this point. That's well, your the way that's going to work is really going to be almost a docking station type dongle, and this is yeah. something that, that we're kind of looking at at Legrand from our desktop uh, uh, perspective is precisely that. How do we interface these devices? 
But the nice thing is, is it is based on a robust interpretation of, of technologies that we're already using on a daily basis. So, um, you know, the products that Extron has are going to fit beautifully into, into this as it evolves. And I think it gives us an opportunity to have a whole new conversation in the, in the coming months and years. I can't wait for DisplayPort to get some more traction. You know, you mentioned HDMI that we're all huge fans of, but it's unavoidable. But DisplayPort is royalty-free. So there is incentive for everybody to get behind it, I would think. But at the same time, it's unfortunate that HDMI is where it is because the data rate is capped at 18 gigabit today with HDMI 2.0, whereas 1.3 and 1.4 DisplayPort are 32.4 gigabits. So we can do all sorts of cool things like higher frame rate and HDR on top of 4K. Not mutually Just look at what, look what's coming down the pike now from MHL. They've already announced that they're going to go, what is it, to 4328K video yep. with up to 48-bit 48-bit uh, uh, color depth over USB Type-C to a proprietary MHL super connector. Over a connector smaller than your pinky fingernail. Yeah. Crazy stuff. All right, Mr. Brown. Uh, <laughs> where do we go with this when we're starting to talk with not just end users, but also, you know, designers and integrators when it comes to connectors like this. I, I um, really think that uh, this whole conversation um, and, and the story is about our expectations uh, and our imagination. I mean, because there is um, a lot of, a lot of things that we kind of know right now but things that we want in the future, and and I think if if we kind of I guess unshackle our minds to think that anything and everything is possible, then the designers can can go for it, and then the end users can can ask for it, and so we can really see the level of technology or cables or or integration of of things will really kind of explode because I, th I think in some cases this this cable seems like one step um, that will kind of open up Pandora's box of possibility and so the more that we just don't limit ourselves to um, what the um, uh, what information we can get out in this particular cable and wow all the stuff that is um, that is transmitting in this what can we what more can we use what more can can go um, go through this and and I and I think like I said we're limited to our expectation and our and our imaginations and our imaginations as as we know of talking with end users are all over the map and yeah. are endless so, so that's where fiber comes into play so you just put a faster box on it as their imagination gets better years later well let's, right. we, we got a couple minutes here left let's let's talk about that for a second i mean yes fiber is is great and and i still fully believe that eventually it will come to the point where cost will come down on that where it will be either as cheap or cheaper than than copper in which case all of our cat x's are going to be screwed right um but until we get there, I mean, you've got you got you know USB C, which is what we're talking about here. It's not twisted pair, and it's not fiber. It's just it's a USB cable, right? Right. Now, yes, as as we are want to do in the AV industry, I don't want a six foot or a three foot USB C cable. I want to take this device and send it here, 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 and here, where you know the original intention for like HDMI was was six to nine feet, depending on on who you ask. Um, 
because we're AV folks, we want to send it everywhere in multiple places right. and do things with Hundreds it. of feet. So that's where guys like, you know, that's where, where Extron comes in and other companies that take that signal, which is why I was kind of giving you a hard time, um, and and give us the possibility, give us the opportunity to send that multiple places and yep. send it longer than 10 feet. Yep. Yeah. Where you want, how you want. Where you want, how you want. So if You're I develop away, this, right can I sell it to you? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Oh, you heard it. I'm recording. All right. <laughs> that is going to do it for this week. Uh, Chris, you're already up. So thank you so oh, much. Well, sir. Hey, all right. It's been a great pleasure. Uh, how do people find you and or Extron? Well, uh, they can go to Extron.com. That's it. Just Extron.com <laughs> to find you. That's it. That's it. All right. Mr. Brown. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you. This is always a pleasure. Uh, you can find me at uh, uh, BD Brown. Uh, dot com or on Twitter at um, at BD Brown com with C two M's com with two M's. Okay, very good, Mr. Cornwall. Thank you, sir. You did a good job. Thank you very much. Been a pleasure. Always excited to uh, to join my my uh, colleagues in the industry and chatting about the the latest things. Reach out to me, Joseph Cornwall at Legrand US by email or follow me on Twitter at Joe Cornwall. You'll find me at uh, either Legrand.com or MiddleAtlantic.com. All right, very good. Uh, and uh, my name is Tim Albright. Don't follow me. <laughs> at, the, at this at this point, um, I'm just excited that the Blues won a game in the playoffs. Um, so, <laughs> actually, uh, I was at Crestron Masters yesterday and, and and ran into my old friend, Mr. Dave Hatz, who happens to be a diehard Blackhawk fan. So he and I had some some moments of silence and steely stares. So uh, at this point, I'll just say go Blues and hope they make it past the first round. So, uh, But go by the website, if you would, please, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Uh, an awful lot of people did an awful lot of hard work on it. I wasn't one of them. Um, but uh, but they, 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 they were the ones who make that, that website sing. So avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, including our new residential weekly called Resi Week, uh, where we look at the residential, uh, the home side of AV. So that happens every Mondays. Typically, we post on Wednesdays. So, uh, Also coming up uh, here in the next month, we're going to be a little bit of everywhere. I mentioned the fact that this week, uh, Josh Rago and I were at uh, the uh, TSNA, um, Chris Netto, and uh, our new 50-year-old friend, uh, Mr. George Tucker, uh, and I were at um, we're at um, Crestron Masters. Uh, in the next few weeks, we're going to be everywhere as well. The um, the the Sapphire Party, uh, the Sapphire Roadshow is happening in New York in two weeks, so we'll be there. AVI Systems events in Chicago and uh, Minneapolis, as well as the PSNI uh, Marketing Summit in May as well. And then, oh yeah, we have this little show called uh, called Infocom coming up in uh, in in June, so we'll be there as well. We've got a booth. And we'll be having the tweet up on, on Thursday between 4 and 6. So all of that you will find at the website, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for, so much for watching. This has been AV Week.